Welcome to the Tea Grannies. I'm Elise. And I'm Maria. Today we're here to talk about our NaNoWriMo progress and how to deal with writing burnout. So pour yourself a cup of tea and let's get started. Captain's Log, November 19th, 2021. We are recording this in the middle of the flood apocalypse in British Columbia, Canada. We are both grateful to be safe and our families are safe and we are all okay, but it is a wild world out there. And uh, yeah, you never know when you might just hit a new lake on the highway. So <laughs> we're both staying home. Or just um, run out of highway or, right into nothingness. Yep. Yes. Yep. There's just no highway left. So uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Don't get in your cars, kids. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're not newscasters, so that's not what we're actually here to talk about. We're not going to bore you with the details. You can look it up on CBC. <laughs> that's my favorite radio station. Just a little plug there. <laughs> <laughs> little plug. Little plug. <laughs> uh, anyways, we are uh, just over halfway through NaNoWriMo and decided we'd do another little progress update and then talk about some of the issues we encounter in the later half of the month. We talked about getting started, we talked about the mid-month slump, and now we're going to talk about burnout and what happens when you turn a marathon into a sprint for 30 days. So, (laughs) for my part, um, I took the sprinting very seriously and have made it to 45,000 words as of today. I hit that mark today, this morning, which is crazy. Um... I haven't written in the past three days. Today's the first time I've written in the past three days, but um, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling like this is still a win because I only have 5K left to to go, and um, I will be trying to finish that this weekend, but we will see. Life has not been going my way, as we have already established with the flood apocalypse. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I'm especially glad that I worked ahead this time because I hit my mid-month slump right on target. Um, And not because of my story. My story was going fine. I got in a car accident before the floods happened. So there was that first and then the floods. Um, And now I don't don't have a vehicle and I'm dealing with insurance. And that's just my writing progress just kind of tanked after that. So... um, (laughs) That just sucks all around, but I have I have big plans, good plans to write this weekend, and um, my story is still going well. My outline is still followable and mostly accurate, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'm I'm planning I'm planning to finish this draft eventually in November, but I I do still have a ways to go before I finish the actual draft. But winning Nano should be uh, that should be fine. I should be able to do that. <laughs> I think you can make it. I mean, you've got like, you know, what, 11 days left. <laughs> if I, if I came more, I think you could do it. <laughs> as long as the apocalypse doesn't ramp up or anything, we don't get the yeah, zombies next, cool. I should be okay. Yeah, you know, I was really more prepared for zombies um, <laughs> than floods. Like we have a, oh, it was super kind of my husband to tell me after. Like, thankfully, we didn't have any flooding where I live, but after the flood happened, he goes, yeah, don't worry. We have like an emergency kit, like a bug out bag and like a generator. And I was like, what? (laughs) 
there. So, the best part of that is that you didn't know. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, you're so prepared. Like, I forgot he went through this whole, like, doomsday prepping stage, like, a few years ago, which oh, ironically has worked out really well. But I was like, you know, maybe you should have communicated that. Communication in a marriage is important. <laughs> like, if you have a bug out bag, you should probably tell your wife <laughs> so she can find it. Oh, but anyway, um, I don't have... Um, any reason to be kind of slumped except for that's just where I'm at. I'm at 28,000 words. Uh, so I'm about 3000 words behind as of today. Um, and the struggle has been for me mostly uh, this is the second draft, which I talked about last time kind of being tough for me, but the real struggle has been that this one is this version is taking me in a different direction. And so I've been doing a lot more second guessing um, because of that, it's not going the way I had originally planned, mm -hmm. although I'm sort of hitting some of the points on my outline, sort of. I'm like, every time I open up my Scrivener, I'm like, I don't know what is going on right now. Oh, <laughs> what man. am I writing? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm already making editing notes and I've written like 15 chapters. So um, yeah, that's fun. So you know, I'm hoping in the second half, uh, I can uh, find my hit my stride with it a little sure. bit. Find and some clarity. Yeah. And like, I've got to get a little caught up. Uh, but I do have this weekend kind of squared away for that. And then we'll see. Um, my husband went back to work, which I was hoping would mean I would have less distractions. <laughs> um, what that ended up being is I don't have someone going, did you hit your nano bird count yet? Oh, uh, in the background every day. And so when he gets home from work at like five, he's like, how was writing? And I'm like, it was terrible. <laughs> Shoot. It was bad. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I actually think maybe having him home was more helpful than I thought it was. I thought he was distracting me a lot, but um, because I'm so like ADHD sometimes, I think having that, those break breakups into my, my writing time was very helpful. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to work on it this weekend. <laughs> I sound unsure because I really, really am not trusting myself right now. <laughs> I have to win though. I feel like I feel like I have to win because I want to finish this draft before Christmas. I don't write uh, at Elise's pace, as we all know. Uh, my twenty-eight thousand words, and she's at like forty-five thousand. So um, it's going to take me a little longer. Uh, but I'm hoping to finish it by Christmas. That's the goal, and then we'll go from there. But I was just going to say too, like you write a skinny first draft. Which mm -hmm. means that if you feel like you're leaning too too hard in one direction, not getting enough like fantasy elements, too many romance elements, um, when you go into your process of adding words, um, you should have an easier time adding those fantasy elements in to balance it out because you have space. That's true. That's true. I will have space. And I actually have already made a big note about the world building because I okay. realized I've really skimped on it. And I was like, oh, that is probably like... I mean, maybe not for every writer. For me, that's one of the easiest things to do when I go back through and edit is like pop in world building oh. here and there. That's actually really easy for me. So I'm like, okay, like stop worrying about that so much. You're going to do that later. So that did help. Yesterday I hit like 1900 words. So I finally got somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the worst was I had a zero word day this week. Um, 
I still have time. I had to drive to Vancouver. This is the day after the flood apocalypse. I had to drive to Vancouver, which was fine. The drive down there was fine. The highway was intact. Um, I was getting my tattoo touched up, you know, very mm, essential things. And then I had to drive back at rush hour. Oh, no. Yeah. So part of me thought I had the zero word day. And I'm like, that's okay. It was like a day off. I'll hit it again tomorrow. And I'll be like, no problem. And then I just it actually kind of took away some of my forward momentum. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting that. So yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to try and uh, get that feeling back. I feel like once you've got that momentum, it's easy to maintain it. Uh, but it was the stopping and then now having to start again, that's been rough. Yeah, that's definitely a hit on the motivation. And that can sometimes be the hardest thing to get back. Uh, Mid-month slump, here we are. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, that brings us very easily into our uh, talk about challenges <laughs> while drafting for Nano. <laughs> um, so we've already kind of covered time management and life management. Um, life just gets in the way sometimes. Um, and there's, you can't really plan for it, but you kind of have, have to expect it. So I think those are the biggest challenges we usually talk about in this season. But I came across another one this month, an interesting one that I wasn't expecting. So if you follow me on Instagram, you may have noticed some of my reading updates on there and that I've hit my reading goal twice this year, which is very exciting, uh, mostly because I set the bar extra low for myself because I didn't think I'd have time. Um, but I ended up reading 50 books uh, by September, which felt crazy because that meant, you know, I'm halfway through the year. I should be able to read 100. That would be great. That would be amazing. I've always wanted to read that many in a year. Um so I was feeling pretty amazing, like I was a superhero and everything, and then after that point, I just stopped. <laughs> the reading was over. There was no more of that. Um, so not not entirely, but for perspective, I was reading two to three books a month from the beginning of the year, and then in September, I'm since then, I've barely scraped by with one a month. Like, I can just barely hit my... I'm borrowing them from the library as ebooks, and I can barely hit like finish reading them before they're due they have to go back I'm losing them in two days or whatever um so I was trying to figure out what it was like it was just am I too tired too busy just not I don't I don't feel like reading what is the problem um no I've been tired and busy all year so that can't be it and the only thing that I noticed that had actually changed was I started trying to draft a book I started writing book three of the nymph keepers at the end of August so that's when it when I noticed that that's when it kind of clicked for me that I don't like to read when I'm drafting a book, when I'm writing the first draft of a book, I should say, because you can be re revising and writing a second draft and that's that's different. But when I'm into that first draft, almost the discovery stage, for some reason, um, reading is not a priority. And actually, I actively maybe tried not to. So I was thinking about it and I think I've heard other writers talk about this. Some of them don't like that's that's a rule that they have for themselves. They don't read while they're drafting a story. And I think the basic reasoning for that was one of two things or both that they um, compare themselves to other writers too much. I know I do that. I read a really good book and it's like, oh, I'm never going to be on that level. And then you get that imposter syndrome and you lose motivation. And it's just, yeah. So if you're drafting, a good way to avoid that is to not read books by your favorite authors. <laughs> um because that's intimidating. Uh, and then the other one is that when I'm reading, I noticed this, especially when I was first started writing as a teenager, um, 
I've basically plagiarized everything that I ever read. Like that's, I was reading Hunger Games, so I wrote the next Hunger Games. I was watching Pirates of the Caribbean, so I wrote the next Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, <clears throat> so not just with books either. I do it with movies too, uh, but it's it's easier to to get to get distance from it with books because that's the medium I'm working with. So when I'm reading, what I'm reading influences what I'm writing. And it can be subconscious, so I think my natural defense mechanism for that is to not mm -hmm. read as much when I'm writing so that I can get immersed in the world that I'm trying to create and get completely wrapped up in it, and then I'm not bringing in elements from someone else's world or story and trying to add all these ideas that I never intended. So I think I just learned that maybe by osmosis. I learned to read less while I was writing and learned to immerse myself in my own in my own worlds because yeah how can you be immersed in two separate fantasy worlds at the same time they'll start to merge together and get mixed up so that's how I limit that but it's also been a challenge for me because I like reading and I'm trying to read all these books and my TBR keeps growing and growing and never ever ending I have so many books to read and I have a buddy read planned in January for Priory of the Orange Tree, which I'm really excited. So that's one of the oh, other reasons I want to that. finish my yes. draft by then because I didn't realize it till you told me that it can be really hard to read while drafting. Because I was like, I'm in such a reading slump. Like I've picked up like three different books that I know that I would like, read the first, mm -hmm. like maybe the first chapter and I've put it down. Okay. Yeah. And that's what tipped me off because you and I were in the same spot and it's like, that sounds like a pattern to me. <laughs> You know, that's where I, I kind of fall back on like comfort reads, for like, which for me is like Regency Romance is like one of my comfort reads or like a reread of something. Um, and so I've been doing a bit of that this month, but it's a little tough because I like to write book reviews for our Instagram like every week. And that's usually not a problem. I'm usually like five books ahead of what mm -hmm. I'm reviewing um, or what I'm posting. Uh, that is not currently happening. Um, but someone was very kindly like, why don't you just post some reviews for some old favorites and I was like you genius <laughs> so that's what everyone's getting on the gram this month because I was like I can't do both um and uh you know a lot of the a lot of my regency romance is on my Kobo uh because I don't love the covers so I don't buy a lot of those romances because <laughs> I just don't like the covers very much <laughs> yes I judge a book by <laughs> we all do that I'm, yeah, I'm not ashamed to say it uh, yeah, so that's been tough for me. And yeah, like I've been reading in October, I read 14 books. <laughs> so I went, yeah, I went from reading 14 books to not being able to read a single book. And I was like, I'm broken. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just drafting. <laughs> Why can't I read? And like my, I put my, my to be read pile, like right in front of my face recently, because I'm like, I gotta look at it. Like I'm trying to read, like usually I'm a, a mood reader. I'm trying to like pick up what's in order so I can like get kind of to some of the books I was really looking forward to that I, for some reason, haven't picked mm -hmm. up yet. And uh, so they're right in front of my face, like mocking me. And there's like, and then I got some more, more books because I obviously have a shopping problem. And so now it's like it's like 12 books oh high God. and I was like supposed to finish that by the end of December which seemed like a super easy goal when I set it in October uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't touched one of them in uh, November and they're all gonna be so good I want to like do them justice uh, yeah. you know what I mean? mm -hmm. so I've kind of yeah I'm only reading if I just sort of feel like reading like a Regency romance you know, where a little communication would have them married in like the first three chapters. Like, but I, I've been reading stuff like that. And I love that. That's, that's my shit. I love, I love romance, which 
is actually one of the other things that we we're talking about is if you're reading a lot of romance, say your draft might start to swing that way, mm. which is what is happening to me with this draft okay. is it's going a little bit more towards romance. And I think it's because I've been heavily reading romance. So maybe before I edit, I should read a fantasy. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> then I can go fix my world building. Um, but yeah, like back to challenges. I got a little sidetracked with our, our reading chat. Um, for me, the one of the biggest challenges in Nano, which I predicted for myself, mm-hmm. uh, was the time management mm-hmm. thing. So yeah, that was my main struggle. Um, when I did have time, I was tired and I didn't really feel like writing or I'd like, you know, do the procrastination thing where I'd be like, I'll do this one thing and then I'll uh-huh. write, uh, you know, and then it was bedtime and I was like, oh no, I barely <laughs> wrote. I guess it's time for bed now, whatever. Yes. Um, a little bit of that. And then uh, when I have lots of time, I, yeah, I kind of just spent it mucking around. And uh, yeah, if you follow us on Instagram, you already know that because you see me there way, way, way too much, way too much. Um, and I'm doing a great job of encouraging other people on their nano goals. Uh, and I should probably take back some of that time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's fun seeing everybody doing mm-hmm. so well. So that's a little tough. Um, and the other thing, like I said, I was getting a little stuck in my story with like it going a different way than my first draft did. It's actually a vastly different story. Like the first two chapters are the same and that initial premise is the same, but now it's, it's changed so much otherwise. Um, but it was interesting. I was on Instagram <laughs> again the other day and uh, B.E. Schwab posted an interesting quote to her story. And she said that she'd worked on a chapter all morning and then realized it was all wrong. And and then she said, often we have to write through wrong to find right. So I thought that Mm -hmm. was quite uh, Mm -hmm. fitting for what I was going through. And I was like, yes, okay, I can write through this chapter wrong. And like I've said before, I have like a folder of extra scenes. I can write the correct version of that extra scenes. Still counts for Nano and I can move it out later. Um, And, you know, we all are guilty of this, like trying to make our first draft as perfect as possible. The first draft is never nope. perfect. And I don't know why every time I sit down, like this is going to be the best first draft <laughs> anyone's ever read. <laughs> it never is. Nope. That was a, a very fitting quote for me because I'd just done exactly that during one of our sprints, like the day before or something. I had written like a bunch of words. I like, okay, this is working. It's coming. And then I got to the end of those words and I looked back and I was thinking for a minute, it was like, where am I going to go from here? And realized I was writing in the wrong direction. I was about to fall into a hole and then I wouldn't be able to get out. So I was like, okay, we're scrapping that. And I just put a strike through all of it so that the words were still there. I could still mm-hmm. count them toward my goal because I did write them. That counts. Yeah. Um, but I put a strike they through count. and then I started the new perspective and I try Mm -hmm. not to do that too much while drafting because it often you know bogs you down Mm -hmm. and makes you go into editing mode and everything but um because I realized I was writing myself into a dead end I knew I had to switch things around and I I immediately Mm -hmm. had like oh I should have started the chapter here instead um so I had that already and then I just dove in and it worked out but I, I had that feeling too of like I got through most of the chapter and realized I have to get rid of all of this none of this is working (laughs) And it's crushing. It really is. Okay, so we were talking about, wow, amazing discoveries of how we don't read and draft because that's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I had another Eureka moment, this nano. And uh, I think we had it together because we were talking about um, how is it possible to, like, get all these words in in 30 days in this 
such a short time frame and then the rest of the year it's like are we just slacking like are we, are we just pretending <laughs> that we can't do any better um but no i think we hit on something that's pretty important like if you try to put that level of productivity for the entire year it's going to be way more difficult because that's as we said we've, we've turned a marathon into a sprint and we want to push that sprint for a really long time which is not what sprinting is for uh you're supposed to go short distances <laughs> but we're kind of messing with that um, but when I compared the the nano experience to my experience with rock climbing, because I do that a few times a week uh, when I'm not injured from car accidents, um, <laughs> it makes more sense. So um, I always hated running. Running was not a sport I could get into because I never felt like I was getting anywhere, pun intended, um, by making progress. Like I, I just, I'm always running. I'm always tired. I'm always out of breath. I feel disgusting and I hate it. That's just kind of my entire experience with running. And I applied that to all sports until I discovered rock climbing again in my adult life. And now we go three times a week. Um, and the reason I think I like it so much is it's kind of like a checklist for me. And then I can see my progress every week. So the different climbs that we do are graded by difficulty. And once you start getting a really good feel for a certain level of climb, you can move on and try some of the harder ones and see how you do. And then keep working on those until those feel easy. And then you move on to the next level. And it's just, it's very clear cut of like, what grade of climber am I? And what do I need to do to get into the next grade? Um, and I see that with Nano because we are tracking our stats, which typically throughout the year we don't do. Yeah, we might say, okay, we're doing a sprint. I'm telling you how many words I'm getting right now. Um, but we don't collect those into how many words did I get this month? The only time I track my word counts like that is during Nano. And I think you pointed this out, like when you can see the actual progress that you're making, it makes such a huge difference. Yeah, that's something that's huge for me. I think that's why I like Nano so much. It gives me like a solid comparison to like how much I wrote mm -hmm. yesterday, how much I wrote mm -hmm. today. I can look at the progress over the month. And I really, I really like that. Um, and it's when you're writing outside of Nano and you're not tracking word count or whatever, it sometimes just feels like you're not getting anywhere. Like, I know for a lot of us too, like, you know, November, we clear a calendar so we can write so much like in our regular life. Uh, sometimes you only get 200 words a day or 300 sure. words a day. And it's very hard to feel like you're getting mm -hmm. anywhere. Um, and it, yeah, it's like when you're working out, uh, it's hard to know when you've improved and every workout makes you feel like you're dying, <laughs> but you're probably pushing harder every time you just don't yeah. know it. And I think that's why Nano works so well is because writing is a muscle and the more you use it, the stronger mm -hmm. it becomes. Um, and the other thing that I think we maybe don't talk about enough is and now you're tracking your word count, but you're also, you're working that writing mm -hmm. muscle. So your writing itself is improving. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think we forget. Like we do get a little caught up in the competition now. You're like, yeah, 2000 words today. I'm killing it. Um, but, you know, if you, if you write consistently, you're going to compare just like we've said before, if you compare your work from a year ago to the work you're writing now, right. even your first draft now is probably better than your finished draft a year yeah. ago. Right. Like, because you're improving. Mm -hmm. So even if you're like, I'm not going to win Nano this year, I'm not doing well enough to win, you're still improving. Mm -hmm. You just can't mm -hmm. see it yet. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's a huge plug for Nano. <laughs> even if you yeah. feel like you're not getting anywhere, you're getting somewhere. That's, yeah. You are. I like that. Forward motion, forward I motion. I like that a lot. Writing as want. a muscle. <laughs> the more you use it, the stronger mm -hmm. it becomes. That's a, that's yeah. a quote for the books. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I like that a lot. It makes it kind of hard for me to like now jump into the flip side 
of the, the strength of mana. <laughs> we just talked about how great it is. Um, we wanted to touch on writing burnout, which I think is a huge after effect of nano for a lot of people. Because like we said, you are pushing yourself so hard for this short window. A lot of people are pushing through without any breaks. Like that's what I do. I think I burn myself out every week and then I take a couple days off and try and recover and then I do it again. Whereas it's like, no, I'm on a deadline. I got to get all as many words out as possible. And even if I'm ahead, it's like, well, that final deadline is still over there and I haven't met it yet. So I need to keep going. Mm -hmm. So that's why like I'll I'll sit down and I will write until I have 5,000 in one day or something, Um, something wild and unreasonable. And I don't, I don't get up for breaks and I don't, I don't take care of myself like I should. And I think that's, that's kind of the dark side of the amazing work that we can do with Nano is it pushes writers into this burnout space because of the pace that we're setting. So yeah, if you think that you can get away with going through Nano and then feeling completely normal and just keeping up the pace afterwards, uh, think again. (laughs) I recommend thinking again. Um, And yeah, from personal experience this year, I think, yeah, I've already hit the burnout stage or as I said I may have hit it multiple times in the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to push through because I have a draft to finish I have this goal and I'm I'm highly motivated to meet it but I think this is one of those things that can fall under the category of writer's block and I think it's important to make a distinction so we've said in the past that writer's block is either a myth or it's just a one way of saying I don't feel like writing today or for whatever reason um, that's what writer's block is and writing burnout, that's that's another reason why the words just don't come sometimes. But I feel like as with any kind of burnout in life or in any hobby or job or otherwise, it's a real indicator that you need to stop. Like burnout is not good for you. It means that you're pushing yourself too hard. And um, you probably should have stopped a couple weeks ago or at least slowed down and like taken a breather and taken a step back. Um, but you've pushed yourself to this point of utter exhaustion and now you have to like just stop everything in order to get it back uh which is not a sustainable way to live <laughs> if you really want to think about it that way um but you're, you're on a deadline or you have this idea that keeps hounding you and you can't put it down um so whatever the reason is uh writing writing burnout is a thing and nano can exacerbate it i think it can cause it uh depending on how dedicated or how much time you have um And we'll just go through some quick things of what it can feel like. You might find yourself in this space. You might have one or two of them. This isn't like a psychological analysis where you have like all of, (laughs) here's all the symptoms of writing burnout. And if you have five or more, that's you. Um, We're not trying to diagnose anybody. (laughs) That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not clinically trained. Please see your medical professional. Um, This is not, this is like, I need that disclaimer of this is not legal advice. You can't sue me if I get it wrong. Also, like this is what it feels like, like yes. for us. It might not this feel. Is... It might manifest in a different mm-hmm. way for you. And I think that's just people are so different and lives are so different. Yeah. So, but if any of these sound similar, or you can like put them into your life structure, then there you go. <laughs> then you probably understand writing burnout. Um, yeah, but so so for me, or for some of the things that we've talked about, the way that it feels is just I have that blank page blank brain like I just, I'm staring at the page and I've got nothing in my head and the words just don't come and it's like well I have my outline I have my characters I'm more than halfway through my story and I know where it's going but it's just not it's not happening or you can get the words out this has happened to me in the last couple of days I can get the words out but it's very few of them at a time and I hate them all 
They're all yeah, that's flaming piles mm-hmm. of garbage to me. <laughs> and I know, <laughs> intellectually, I know if I send these to Maria, she'd be like, no, that's great. No, you're a genius. Um, but reading them myself, it's like, no, I'm, I'm a trash genius. Like, this is just garbage. This, this is no, no I should just strike no through good. all of it and erase it and not even count it for nano because <laughs> it's so bad. Um, so, yeah, you can get a little bit upset about your competence. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, And then related to that, I think imposter syndrome then rears its ugly head more often and screams more loudly and is just a bigger voice than it otherwise would be because you don't have any defenses. You're so tired and at kind of your wits end, you don't have the defenses and the buffer that you need to fight off imposter syndrome on a good day. So there's that. And maybe you start to wonder what's the point because, I mean, either you worry that no one's going to read it anyway or you'll never be a good enough writer. How can you measure up to the greats? Um, All those other things that we've talked about when it comes to imposter syndrome or just not feeling good enough. And then, yeah, this is like this. It's a deeper thing than the mid-month, mid-draft slump where you kind of feel stuck. You like you might have everything right. Like I said, I have my outline and everything seems to be working. Um, but you just can't get there. Nothing's working because the life that you have around you is too tiring or whatever else. Um, this is why taking a step back is so important because you're looking at this from a very, um, a very stressed and negative lens. So you're more likely to scrap something that's actually good, but you're just not in a headspace to see it. So I'm looking at my flaming pile of garbage. And and if I were to like, you know, go take a nap or stop writing for a week and come back to it, I might actually realize like, oh no, that paragraph's actually pure gold and I'm going to win a win an award on that alone. Um, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. But um, yeah, it's not good to make decisions when you're in that that headspace. So mm-hmm. um, now that we have laid out all the dangers, <laughs> why don't we talk about some ways to, uh, to come back from this horrible pit of terror, <laughs> of despair. despair. <laughs> pit of despair. Um, yeah, so imposter syndrome, I think, hits the hardest, uh, especially because so many of us like writing is our passion and we want to make it our, our full-time job. Uh, so it's pretty easy for, I feel like imposter syndrome is the first one to knock on the door of your burnout. Um, so when you're exhausted by something that you're usually hyped about, um, you know, that can be, that's burnout. Honestly, it happens at work. It can happen with hobbies, like Elise said. Uh, and then you start asking yourself, like, what if you're not that good of a writer? What if this draft is not salvageable? What if you'll never be published? This is all a fat waste of time. You could have been watching Netflix and drinking wine. <laughs> well, even, even if you're thinking all of those things, you still have a first draft of a novel. Or maybe you only have the first couple chapters. Mm. It doesn't matter. But for example, you've got the first draft done. How many people do you know outside of your writing community that have a first draft of a novel? Mm. I don't know mm. any aside from my writing buddies. So you've accomplished something awesome and you should reward yourself and revisit your work once you've kind of refilled that creative well and you feel rested and you can look at it without being so damn hard mm-hmm. on yourself. I think that's the that's the other thing that we all do yeah. to ourselves. So um, aside from imposter syndrome uh, and dealing with that, uh, rest is usually what you really need. You need to take a break. So a lot of the time after I finish a first draft, usually, especially after a first draft, less after edits, um, I usually take like up to a month's break from writing like I don't write at all like I read 
I rest, I watch Netflix, I workshop pages for my writing group. Um, and it gives me a break from writing, but it doesn't throw me out of the mm-hmm. loop. You know, like I'm still in the writing community and, and working. I'm still improving myself, actually, when I'm doing that, because workshopping is a great Absolutely. way to do that. Refill the creative well. So this is different for everybody, but it's usually kind of like consuming art instead mm-hmm. of making mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so watch movies, read books. Uh, if you like to draw or paint or sew, like those are also great things to yeah. do. Uh, and I think that's that's a good one. Um, reading is some of the best homework you can do for your own writing. So I tend to go on a binge reading phases. <laughs> so like in I October. said, in October, <laughs> I read 14 books. Um, and I've read like three books in November so far. So, you know, that's fine because I'm mm-hmm. drafting and mm-hmm. that's something we already discussed. But yeah, I go through phases where I really binge and that actually is usually what gives me ideas for my next project. But onward. Uh, do things. <laughs> So, so many of us get sucked into our routines and we forget to get out of our comfort zone just in general. Um, And we get so used to being on our regular schedule and hanging out in our house and like COVID time all made us realize how much we like staying home. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, maybe go do something that you like that you haven't done for a while, like go to the movies, go for a bike ride, go for a hike, go to the Christmas lights show. Um, something that jogs you kind of out of your day to day. I think that that's very good for your mental health, that that life exists outside of writing. Um, And that's very hard to remember when you've been living and breathing your draft. And, you know, even if you're not actively writing or editing, you're still a writer. You don't stop becoming a writer because you're taking a break. And I think that we all put this pressure on ourselves that we should always be working on something and you don't have to always be working on something. It's not required. (laughs) Yes, there is a life outside of these words on these pages. Exactly. Even if those words consume us sometimes, you got to get away from them as well. (laughs) Otherwise, your mental health will definitely suffer. I think if I I had to give like my biggest takeaway from this episode um, would be rest, take a break, take care of yourself, do whatever it is Mm -hmm. that you need to do to be able to write again because we're doing it because we love it, right? It's something that we Mm want to keep doing. Um, But as with any any physical job or physical hobby that you do, if you push yourself too hard, you're going to break something and then you have to rehabilitate yourself and that might not be possible. You might not ever be able to get back up to where you were before. Um, I've had to take... (laughs) so many breaks from climbing in the past two years. It's been so frustrating. Every time I get up to a certain level, I injure something, I'm in a car accident or something happens and I drop back down and I have to try Mm -hmm. and work back up. And once you get in that cycle, it's hard to feel like you'll ever make it past that point. You feel like you're just going to be stuck. Um, So yeah, that piece about resting and taking a break after nano, like November 30th, you write what you got and then you're done. You're taking a break for December or the first two weeks of December or whatever mm-hmm. it is you think that you need. But um, I think that's that's an important thing to build into um, the NaNoWriMo routine if you're going to keep on doing mm-hmm. it. If you want to, if you want to feel like you can do it next year too, because otherwise you're just you're going to come out of it yeah. feeling totally down and burnt out and just done. And then next year, are you really going to want to do it again? Even though you got all those words in and it was really mm-hmm. great. Um, you're going to feel like crap about it. And that's not going to be very motivating for the next time. <laughs> like you should come out of nano feeling like exhausted, mm-hmm. but really proud of oh, yourself. Yes. That should be your yes. goal. And then your reward should be a break 
and and just kind of like enjoy your success Mm -hmm. because most people will never write a novel in their lifetime and we're just comparing ourselves to the other writers and all the books that we read and you know you're doing good you can take a break absolutely the permission people that are out there and have written are a small small percentage of the population if you look at the rest Mm -hmm. of the population it's like half of them are like writing sucks i don't want to do that (laughs) you wrote five thousand words today that sounds horrible how are you here (laughs) i have a friend like that i tell him what my word count was and he's like oh what is your life like why do you do that (laughs) so you know there's more to life but Um, Mm -hmm. there's also like, we're doing something that lots of people either would never do or they wish they could do. And they just, they don't have the motivation or the time. They don't make the time for it, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, you've done nano, you've tried nano, bare minimum. You tried it out to see how it would go. You're putting Mm -hmm. words in towards a project that you're passionate about. Feel very proud. Please feel very proud that you, you are a writer, you are an author, you are doing wonderfully beautiful, creative work. And um, we need more stories. So, yeah, we always need more stories. I want my to be read file to be so long <laughs> that I can never. Finish I want it, to know so. that it will never be read before I die. <laughs> I it, it'll never be done. Yeah. So everybody has to keep writing. Yes. That's my only demand. All right. Well, that's the tea on writing burnout and Nanaremo. All links will be in the show notes and you can follow us on Instagram at the Tea Grannies Podcast and on Twitter at the Tea Grannies. See you in two weeks for our episode on first pages. Happy writing.